This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio's Creative Club, and I have Barton Damer, who's the owner and founding artist of a wonderful company called Already Been Chewed. And talk about creativity. Barton, I don't even know where to start with you. Let me just talk for a minute. I'll, I'll talk about some of the brands you've worked with so that people can get to know you. Go to alreadybeenchewed.tv if you're listening to this, and you can kind of see some of the things we're talking about. You honestly have to see this to believe it. Barton, you've worked with Nike and Marvel and Tiffany and Star Wars and Under Armour and the NBA and Disney, and you actually have a spot for New Balance that I just got to see that's wonderful that you're going to be demoing at NAB, that's the National Association of Broadcasting, in the next week or so. It's April 6th through the 12th. I think you'll be in the booth sometime between Monday and Wednesday of that week, we would assume, but we can send people to that website before we leave so they can check the schedule. But how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, this is exciting. So, you know, I'm curious. When in your life did you first realize you were this crazy creative person and what got you started on this path? <laughs> well, it's interesting. My freshman year of college, I went off to school and I had dreams of becoming a professional skateboarder and going off to school out of state was just a way for me to skate new places in a new city. And so I was a public relations major. And three weeks into my freshman year of college, I blew out my ACL and tore my meniscus skateboarding. And I had an entry-level drawing 101 course that I was required to take as a public relations major. And at that time, the only two ways that I knew how to meet people were through skateboarding or through basketball, and I could do neither of those things. So I ended up sinking a lot of time and effort into my Drawing 101 course, so much so that I discovered I was pretty good at drawing with pencil, and my teachers encouraged me to switch my major. So I ended up having the surgery at Christmas break my freshman year. And that reconstructive surgery is about a year-long rehab process. So for about a year, I I couldn't do the active things that I was used to doing. So I began just investing all of my extra time into my art classes. So that was kind of the first time where I realized that I was pretty good at that stuff. Prior to that, I was just kind of doing sketches of skateboard graphics and kind of little graffiti doodles and notebooks and things like that, but nothing too serious. Well, you know, sometimes they say that out of adversity comes what you're really born to do, right? Isn't that sort of what happened to you? Yeah, definitely. I look at your work and I think you were born to do this. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) How did you come to start the company called Already Been Chewed? Essentially, we look at our clients and we look at the industries that they're in, their competitors, and we ask the question, what's already been done? Because we don't want to do that. We want to do something different. We want to do something unique and something that's fresh. Uh, And so the name Already Been Chewed is just a little more memorable and catchy and curious than just calling ourselves Already Been Done. And it seems to grab people's attention, whether we're, you know, using a company credit card at a restaurant or simply emailing somebody and putting that on the subject line. If you've seen it once, you typically tend to have some sort of reaction to it. So I never really considered myself a freelancer. I had done everything from print design and had moved into web design and then eventually found my way into doing animation and then 3D animation with Cinema 4D. So by the time I decided to go out on my own as a freelancer, 
I never really felt like I was only able to offer the services of a freelancer because I felt like I could really service a client all the way from branding them with logos, which I had done in my past, to laying out a catalog for them, to developing animated digital content, or even full animated spots for broadcast. So I approached it originally as feeling like a full-service design and motion graphics studio. And now here we are. We just celebrated our ninth anniversary, and we have nine employees at this point, or nine of us, I should say. (laughs) Congratulations. Nine and nine. That's great. Yes, yeah, and we've got an amazing team here uh, with some very talented artists. Can you talk about the team members and what they do so that we understand a little bit about how things are doled out at the company? Yeah, for sure. So I'm the owner and founding artist, and then I have a head of production named Aaron Smock. So he is a senior motion graphics artist that happens to love spreadsheets, and so he's very organized. <laughs> and... yeah, can you send him over here? <laughs> send him over here. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) but it's super helpful because he's at a point in his career where he's able to manage the production for us and be able to talk with clients intelligently in my absence and to help free me up so that I'm not on all of the client calls. And then we have Brian Talkish, who is our lead animator. Thomas King is our lead modeler and technical director. Mark Fancher is our lead visual effects guy. He's kind of a Houdini guy, but he's also Cinema 4D and After Effects. Now we have Lance, who's a motion designer. My wife serves as the financial manager for the company. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And then we have Donnie Smith, who's an account developer, and Tom Parson, who's our executive of brand development. And where are you based? We are in Wiley, Texas, but it's kind of an anomaly because of the the brands that we're working with. We really don't put our location out there. Most people just assume that we are in Los Angeles based off of the type of work we do. Well, I've looked at a lot of people's work, and I can tell you this is world-class. This is some of the best stuff I've seen. So take me back, if you remember, what was your very first Cinema 4D project? Do you remember? I do, very vividly. I was coming from a, a design background. So I was good with Illustrator, I was good with Photoshop, but I wanted to start adding more dimension and depth, lighting and texturing to the work that I was doing. And so I was researching the types of software that I wanted to use, and I just felt like Cinema 4D translated well. I was able to bring in illustrator pads and extrude logos very quickly, and then I could use Photoshop images or textures to bring into Cinema 4D and create textures using artwork that I had manipulated in Photoshop or uh, photographs that I had taken. And so I felt a little more comfortable in Cinema 4D than some of the other 3D packages. And so the very first piece that I created was for a magazine called Collide. And have some simple text, extruded it, used the displacement to make the text look like it was in a collision, kind of coming together and smashing, almost like a car wreck. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love stuff smashing. It's one of my favorite things. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's a confession I probably shouldn't make on right? the air. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yes. So that was one of the first pieces I did, and that was probably... I'm going to say that was maybe 11 years ago, and it was back in the days when Twitter was what I would consider really popular. Now I feel like it's not quite as popular. Twitter was relatively new. People were retweeting things, and that particular piece kind of went viral for that time period of social media. 
And I was asked to create a tutorial on how I made that illustration. And so I received an email and it was from, at the time, the CEO of Maxon USA. And it was Paul Babb. Oh, Paul Babb. Yeah, his title's changed recently. Paul Babb. How do we love Paul Babb? He's been so helpful to so many artists, oh, it's, right? Oh, that's incredible. And, and so his support is amazing in the way he supports artists. But check this out. I got an email from him. And I was scared <laughs> to death that... Like, okay, why is the CEO emailing me? Does he think I have, like, a pirated copy of the software? Am I in trouble? Like, what's happening here? <laughs> and he had seen the tutorial online, and he wrote me and said something like, absolutely stunning work, really gorgeous. And then he said, would you be willing to do some tutorials for us at Cineversity? And then he kind of asked me, and I, I was just curious, why did you choose to extrude the text this certain way that I had written in the tutorial? And it was funny because it was my very first project in Cinema 4D, so I didn't know how to answer him other than, uh -huh. well, I don't know what I'm doing. That's why I said to do it that way, because <laughs> I had definitely uh, written a tutorial where I had given kind of a roundabout way of, of accomplishing it. That's awesome. Yeah, Paul reaching out to me. I did a couple tutorials for Cineversity for them, and then he asked me to start doing some speaking engagements. Uh, so I think I've spoken at NAB now for seven or eight years in a row, maybe. Maybe skipped uh -huh. one or two of the years. And so it's been incredible, the kind of motivation and encouragement that came from Paul because I could have just tried it and Cinema 4D may have become just something that I tried and dropped after a few months. Who knows? But to have the support of somebody like that at Maxon really motivated me and encouraged me that I was on to something here and to, to just keep pushing myself and, and learning. You know, creative people need mentors like Paul. They're the ones who keep us alive, who keep us on the straight and narrow, who give us encouragement when, I don't know about you, but I never think any of my work is finished. I'm always going, oh, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we need people that help us, right? And I think Paul's that kind of person. Yeah, definitely. He's a fantastic guy and, and a big support for artists in the C4D community. So you are going to be at NAB this year yes. at the Cinema 4D booth. And I think people actually, if you're listening and you want to know more about the schedule, because I, Barton, I don't think you know your exact schedule yet, but it's C, the letter C, the number 4, D, live.com, C4D live.com. And they can go and they can get the schedule. But I think you're going to be demonstrating how you created a video for New Balance. Is that right? Yeah. So take us through that a little bit. I just think it's fantastic work. So if you can maybe highlight, people can pull that up. What is in that? Okay. Yeah, no problem. We got a great team that was working on this. And for this particular spot, we worked with a freelancer named Joe Myers to model the shoe for us in Cinema 40. And the concept was inspired by some of the older kind of retro New Balance ads. And so we took one of those ads and looked at some of the design and some of the aesthetics behind those ads and felt that for a spot like this, we really didn't want to go too cinematic or crazy with the camera moves as far as macro shots on textures and things like that. But we thought it would be a really cool way to keep it feeling retro, but do some interesting slide moves that keep it no camera cuts, but just have it go from left to right, 
top to bottom and move throughout the spot to highlight different features of the shoe. But by getting in close on the shoe, but then seeing the shoe far away and doing that seamlessly in a way that loops. And we actually created not just the video, but the soundtrack so that they would seamlessly loop. So it creates a cool effect if the client decides to use it as a trade show booth. The visuals and the audio will seamlessly loop. You know, I'm glad I was going to actually ask you that question about the music. So we'll interrupt this discussion about the New Balance thing for just a second because I was wondering about the rights to the music. So you're telling me this was original music that you guys created? Yes, we had a custom scored by my friend DJ Sean P. And so he created this track and made it loop seamlessly for us. Because it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. But you know, these days you have to be really careful. Sometimes even if you purchase music, the bots will take you down and then you have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. I mean, even if you have the rights and then you have to fight to get it back on track. But okay, so back to the yeah. new balance spot. I'm looking at it. And in the very beginning, you've got this beautiful shoe. And I, <laughs> I'm not a cinema 4D artist, so. I'm a bit naive. I'm just in awe of what you guys do. I thought this was live action combined with effects. And you're telling me this is all CG. That's amazing. Yes, 100% CG. And with the release of Cinema 4D R20, they introduced a new technology and the software called Fields. And so we were really excited about the Cinema 4D Fields. So we dove in and started practicing with it, doing a bunch of tutorials and learning some of the power behind the new offerings that Fields were bringing to the table for us. And so we were able to use Cinema 4D Field in the timeline. There's around two seconds in. We wanted to create a visual for the way the uh, into cushioning system would work. And so we have impact that's being created and we show the tread kind of bulging and exploding there on the impact and then some of the yellow color spreading through the tread of the shoe. And so that is something we were able to create using the new field system as well as Redshift, which is a third-party renderer, which is really awesome because I'm not sure that we would have been able to create a technique like this prior to Cinema 4D R20 release. I was looking at how the stitching came alive and how the texture of the shoe in the extreme close-ups was really compelling. The lighting was beautiful, and the movement there, the almost a wave happening of the texture of the shoe, it's beautiful work. Thank you very much. We were pretty excited about the way this spot turned out, and I think one of the things that was hard to do, but I think it was important to keeping kind of the retro vibe of the original New Balance ads was showing restraint on the types of camera moves that we did for this. So rather than going in really extreme and close on the toe cap that's animating in, we had all the bells and whistles added to the animation of the shoe and the features of the shoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we just chose to show restraint on the types of camera work that we did. Just switch it up and do something a little bit different. You know, I'm sure the client is really happy because as somebody looking at the spot, I'm glad you did that because it gave me time as someone looking at it to actually digest what was happening. And the shoe looks really beautiful. So that's what you want to create for your client, right? Yep. Yeah, that brings to mind something, too. How do you work with your clients? You know, how do you balance your very innovative, creative mind with what the clients sometimes want? Is that difficult? Does that work well for you? Can you give us any advice about that? I think that for us, we're always trying to push ourselves creatively and also 
find the right solution for our clients. And a lot of that is in the way you present it to the client and just being able to explain why this is a good solution and present it as a solution rather than just presenting it as something that, you know, hey, we're into this or this would be cool. It gives a little more purpose behind the design itself and why we would be suggesting to do some of those things. So with this, we came to an agreement with the client on what the features are that we should be highlighting. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to bring those features to life through visuals and animation. So what other software was involved with creating a spot. Obviously, most of it was Cinema 4D, Uh but what else was involved? It's primarily Cinema 4D. The features where the shoe tread is kind of bloating, that's using the new field. And then the stitch work is all animated in Cinema 4D. As you move throughout the spot, there is the high abrasion treaded suede uh, on the toe cap. Yeah, that's at uh, 12 seconds in, right? Yeah, and that's using the new Cinema 4D fields as well, along with some of the vertex map painting that fields accesses there. But then as you get to the breathable medial window section of the video. That is a knitting mesh that was generated in Houdini and then brought into Cinema 4D to finalize. I love your lighting and the depth of field of some of these shots is really just beautiful. As somebody who normally works in film and and television, I thought it was very cinematic. Thank you. So from start to finish, how long did it take you to to do it? I believe we were on and off on this. We didn't clear the schedule to work on this. Mm -hmm. But I would say there were about four or five different artists on this at any given moment. And it was over the course of probably five or six weeks. But again, it wasn't like a blocked off time. We had an extended deadline that we were able to kind of squeeze this in and out of some other projects that we were working on. So you're going to be using this in the booth at NAB and and talking to people about how you did it and explaining to them some of the technology involved, right? Yes. Uh We'll be doing a full demonstration about R20 fields and how we were applying it to this spot. That's wonderful. So I think the best way, in addition to this new spot, is for people to go to your motion reel, which they can find on your website, alreadybeenchewed.tv. Mm-hmm. And if you navigate to the top bar and you click on motion reel, your motion reel is here. There is so much in here. The new balance spot blew me away. And then I went and I looked at your motion reel for 2018. And there's some amazing things in there as well. A lot of which you also use at Cinema 4D, I'm assuming. So if you're listening in and you want to go to the visuals so that you can see what we're talking about, go to alreadybeenchewed.tv. Up on the top nav bar on the right, towards the right, you'll see Motion Reel and click on that. I've got it muted because, again, the music's incredible. Is that more original music? Yes. Uh-huh. My friend DJ Sean P. custom scored the track for our Motion Reel. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm on the motion reel. Can you kind of take us through some of the highlights of this reel a little bit here and talk about what's in it? Sure. Yeah, at about two to three seconds in, you're looking at Compression Energy Web. This is a spot that we worked on for Under Armour, and it's a combination of Houdini knitting along with lines and hair inside of Cinema 4D to create that compression energy web. And then we're kind of bouncing back and forth between macro and faraway shots of that. I don't even know where to start. It's really beautiful stuff. I'm looking at, you know me, because I love smashing things, at 24 seconds Mm -hmm. in, (laughs) what have we got there? Talk about that, because that's beautiful. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was exciting. We got to work on a series of licensed products for DC Comics. And so we did a Wonder Woman spot, a Batman spot, and a Flash hero image. And so that particular piece that you're talking about at about 24 seconds in is for the Wonder Woman watch we created a spot for. And so it's inspired by the famous scene from the Wonder Woman trailer where she kind of does a similar action, slides across the room and then bursts out of the balcony of a window. So we were essentially making the watch the hero of that series there and being inspired by the movie trailer for Wonder Woman. Well, it's awesome. And then at 32 seconds in, we have this beautiful artwork here with the CG. Yes, thank you. That's the spot that we did for a product called Opkicks. It's the world's smallest Bluetooth camera. That project was a lot of fun. We were able to take the charger, which kind of looks like an eggshell, and turn it into a space station. And so that spot was a lot of fun because it felt like we were creating a feature film that was about 20 seconds long. But in that 20 seconds, we were packing it full of story and showing that at the beginning, the product felt larger than life. It feels like it's the size of a space station, but then we add some scale to it when an astronaut grabs it. And that astronaut grabs it, and you can see how small that camera actually is. Another clip from that spot is at 53 seconds in, there's a large glove that comes in and grabs that camera. Uh, and then we're showing like exactly how small that camera is. That's nice. Isn't working in Cinema 4D like living in a fantasy world? I mean, it's just beautiful stuff. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think water is very difficult to work with. And you have a shot here at about 41 seconds in. Mm -hmm. Does the new Cinema 4D help you with the depiction of water in these graphics? Yeah, actually, uh, you're correct. A lot of times water is very challenging to work with. Interestingly enough, we would typically do water effects uh, using Houdini, but at the clip that you are referring to at 42 seconds in, it was for a G-Shock watch spot that we were working on. And all of those water effects are created using displacement maps inside of Cinema 4D. So no simulations were used. Everything's just being displaced there. Wow, that's awesome. There's some beautiful... Is this particle work at 52? 52 seconds in? Uh Uh-huh. I believe that is just mainly a MoGraph cloner object uh, animating those on. And then we're back in space. I really encourage everybody to take a look at this. There's some beautiful stuff in here. Yeah, take a look at it. It's on TV. It's in the motion reel section. Now, talk to me about your tutorials. Where can people find your tutorials? Yeah, I would say uh, C4D Live is a great place because I believe those are where any of my NAB talks from the last seven or eight years are archived there or Cineversity.com, which is Cinema 4D's main tutorial website and training. So what do you have to say to someone who's starting out and who's maybe a little bit nervous or frustrated at having to learn things? What would you tell them to encourage them? I would say definitely always be learning. Don't be discouraged. Try not to compare yourself to everything that you see online. Be happy and proud of what you can pull off and the new things that you can learn for yourself. And there's a ton of resources these days. You know, when I was first learning Cinema 4D 10 or 11 years ago, I mean, I would have to go into a bookstore and buy a manual. (laughs) There wasn't a YouTube full of tutorials at that time when there weren't a lot of great training websites. But now, 
there's a lot of free resources and there's a lot of great paid resources that would really help a person get up to speed relatively quickly. That's wonderful. So how do you feel when you look back at your work? What goes through your mind? It's a lot of fun and we're just thrilled that the software continues to make leaps forward and allowing us really just to express ourselves and our creativity. There's been a huge change in our industry over to GPU rendering in the last three to five years, and we embraced it quickly. And it's changed the trajectory of our studio and the types of work that we've been able to do. Had you asked me five years ago if we would be creating essentially 30-second long feature films, I never would have thought that that's where we would be. We're creating and rendering scenes that previously I did not think were capable. And so we're just really excited at all the advances in technology and how it's allowing us to express ourselves. That's wonderful. So what's on your bucket list that you haven't done that you've always wanted to do? Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm thankful we've had a chance to work with some amazing clients. I would consider some of the most iconic brands in the world. And it's really exciting that we're able to do it all via the internet. Because as mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are not in LA, we're not in New York, and it has not affected us to this point. Uh, We've been able to crack some great clients all using the internet and it hasn't really been an issue. So for us, I think we just want to keep pushing ourselves as artists and super thankful that the technology is moving so quickly and allowing us to to keep pushing ourselves. That way we're not bored. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give a big shout out to Paul Babb for helping you get started on this creative endeavor because you're doing wonderful, very inspiring work. And I also want to thank OWC for sponsoring OWC Radio's Creative Club. And um, Barton, we're going to be watching you. You're part of the family now, so we're going to be watching you. And I encourage everybody to go to your website, alreadybeenchewed.tv. And also, if you're at NAB, stop by the Cinema 4D booth. If you're not at NAB, go to c4dlive.com and you'll see the schedule and also be able to see some of the graphics. Now, we're going to post the written version of this interview on ustimes.biz. That's ustimes.biz. That will be up very shortly. And Barton, thanks again for taking the time. I know it's really busy right now getting ready for NAB, but I will see you in Vegas the week of April 6th. Sounds great. Thank you very much for having me on. (laughs) Take care. All right.